Ladies and gentlemen, you know what time it is. Start the show. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome in to another episode of the Triple Play Fantasy Baseball Show. A proud member of Underdog Fantasy. What? That's right. We are now partners with Underdog Fantasy for the 2023 Fantasy Baseball season. We are loud and we are proud. So if you guys are interested in riding with us in Underdog Fantasy this season, you can use code TRIPLE. And that will get you a 100% deposit match up to $100 if you're a first-time user. Every single week, we're going to be bringing you best ball drafts. We're going to be bringing you tons of different fun betting games, uh, sports bet or sports playing. And uh, you got to be careful with the wording here. But uh, it's going to be fun, different uh, sports games you can play with Underdog that we'll be doing every single week. We've got a bunch of great experts here. And we are so happy to be part of the Underdog family as we can't wait to help you guys win some money, have some fun, and of course, talk a bunch of fantasy baseball. So if you guys, again, are interested, triple is the code you want to use with Underdog, and they will match your deposit up to $100. Just like Ahmad Rosario led the league, triple last year. Take out the S. <laughs> I think, wasn't Ahmed Rosario the, the sensitive topic of this show a few weeks ago with Justin Mason? He was, but he, was, right? he, led, he led the league in triples, so I'm just trying to give a, a playoff. All right, well, Med Rosario, there you go. Just think of Med Rosario, and you have our our promo code there. That voice you hear is Doc, one of the the panelists tonight. Doc, how are things going? It's going pretty well. Really hyped about this underdog uh, partnership that we have going on. Ready to do some drafts. I mean, draft season's um, is upon us, and Marty and I were talking to him today about how much drafts positions change each day. They do. The uh, ADP is consistently changing. Uh, Again, not only just the underdog best ball drafts will we be doing, but the triple players ball kicks off in two days. So that's exciting. We have uh, that going. We have our second league almost filled up. So we'll have at least 30 contestants this year. Should be a good time. One of those contestants, of course, will be Marty Party. So Marty Party, how are you feeling? We got so many drafts coming up. Are you prepped? Are you ready? I am. What's easy for me, and you guys have seen this, is that all I need, I'm always in the first spot. Like I always draft yes. first overall. It doesn't even matter if I change my um, <laughs> KDS, you know, to something else. It doesn't make any difference. Um, but yeah, so I'll be drafting at the first spot again, but uh, for the uh, triple players ball. But I do have a good strategy already in place. I've been doing a lot of mock drafts in the first position. It's interesting. I, I always go back to when many times when you're kids and you're like, "What did you do to the game? How do you always get lucky? How do you always get the first spot or whatever it is?" And that's why I feel like it's always the case with you, but. Uh, you already told me who you're taking, and so I already I've been able to uh, make my strategy based. And I'm off about eighty seven percent sure. Eighty seven percent. Anything could happen that, in that last. In don't that you last dare moment. throw me a curveball. <laughs> Curveball's coming. <laughs> Our curveball of the show, of course, is a little cheesecake. Art torn to Benny. What's going on, man? Uh, I'm excited. Friday triple players ball. I've been waiting for this for a year. I got to get that trophy back, Tony. Tony, I'm coming for you, buddy. I want the trophy back on in my apartment. It's where it belongs, man. I'm missing it. I need to get you that trophy back. You weren't even close back. last year. You weren't even I close. I was close. I was close. That's pretty close. I was top 10. That's close. <laughs> out of 15? <laughs> no. No, in the overall? Out of, okay. Out of the 40, <laughs> out of the overall. Only one of us was top five. I don't know who that was. 
But of course, we also have a special guest as we do every single week on the show. And we welcome in a man that is after my own heart as he's from Minnesota. He's a lifelong Twins fan. And even though his favorite sport is football, he loves fantasy baseball even more. This man loves golf. He also is in one fantasy baseball league, but it's his home league since he's been or he's been in since 2010. The, the similarities are just crazy between me and this gentleman. To combat that as well, or to, to go along with that, he's had four gut-wrenching second-place finishes. I am all familiar uh, with the second-place finish. Uh, so uh, I, I just it's, it's painful just to read it. But he includes, including one of those was due to a Gregory Polanco stolen base. And he did it after breaking up a Jake area no-hitter in the last game of the season. He did, however, win a championship finally for the first time in that league last year. And besides winning the championship, he's also a winner because he won the PitchCon prize of being on this podcast. It is Kyle J in the house. What's up, Kyle? Hey, happy to be here. Happy to have you on the show, man. Uh, you know, it, it was it's cool. I always love having new people on the show that, you know, haven't either done podcasting or, or just, you know, kind of get a chance to express their fantasy baseball knowledge to people that haven't talked to them before. So, I know I've read a little bit about your background on a one to 10 scale, 10 being like you are a diehard, diehard fantasy baseball. Can't live without it. And one is being like, eh, passes the time. How are you in fantasy baseball? I'd say eight to nine. That's pretty solid. Pretty solid. I'll take that. All right. Well, Kyle, you were going to need you tonight, man, because we have our outfield rankings. The first episode, one of three of our top outfielders and with the NFBC ADP changing all the time, all the time, you can literally look at it on a Monday and then by Friday, it's different. Uh, we're going to be looking over the last two weeks on the NFBC and in ranges of players. We're talking about one through 30 here, guys that we like, guys that we're fading based off of their draft price or just overall holes in their game that we don't like here. So let's kick it off and let's go in the course, the top 10. So many studs here. So it's very, it's kind of nitpicky at times. I understand but we have to do what we have to do. Kyle, let's get off with your first guy here. You go 1.01 off the board, Ronald Acuna. He's your guy. You're going to pay up to get him 101, no doubt about it. Tell us a little bit about Ronald Acuna. Why is there basically in your mind, is there is there any other alternative for him at, at this uh, top spot here? No, I think he's the best player in baseball. You know, another year removed from that ACL. Um, if I had the first pick in the draft, I would pick Ronald Acuna. So. The fact that it's just the outfielders, I think it's an easy call. I know Julio's popular, Judge is popular, but I mean, is Manfred gonna juice the balls for Judge again this year? You know, you never know. And Julio, I think Julio's a good baseball player. I just, I just like Ronald Acuna more. I think he's the best player in baseball. And you're not alone with that because right now he is technically going uh, as the the first outfielder overall. He's going number two to Trey Turner over the last two weeks, but just barely. Uh, Trey Turner right now is the average ADP of a 2.49, Ronald Acuna 2.72. So it's pretty much a coin flip between those two guys. I am curious, though. It's interesting that uh, over the last two weeks, he has a max pick of seven. And what draft did Ronald Acuna go to seven? (laughs) Wow. (laughs) That's crazy to me. I'd love to get that. I think that, he's one one as well. I think he's top. He's my top as well. And uh, I, I remember an article in in uh, a fan tracks 
couple in like November about how Acuna's swing changed because he's still recovering from the injury. So another year past it, I think he's going to have a great season. He's my one one as well. You know, I would have known that LLC if you put that in the Twitter chat, <laughs> but I didn't see it. So I couldn't have even given you, given you the silver platter for it. <laughs> the uh, Twitter chat was down today. It, it's up now. It's up now. LLC. You're the only <laughs> one that slacked it. Didn't put it in there. Um, our buddy Jason says, first pick is Otani. Anybody, if you guys have the one-on-one, is Otani going to be in, in consideration at all for the number one pick? If it's a head-to-head, you know, daily change lineup league, yeah, why not? Any other one, no. Yeah, I, I can't I can't deal with the, the stress of owning Otani. I think Marty hit it the nail on the head. If you're in a daily transaction league where you can use him as a pitcher and a hitter, there's no way you can't go Otani because he'll give you two positions. If it's a weekly league where you have to make that decision, I think that's where he slips. So you have to that's knowing your league format at that point. Now, Doc, let's go to you next here. And Le, your first one you're talking about is someone who we expect to bounce back in a major way this year in Juan Soto. Yeah, you guys know that Chief Keef song, Love Sosa. I'm kind of like that, but Love Soto. Marty's shaking his head like the old guy he is. Art doesn't know either. I have no idea so, what you're talking about. Juan Soto is looking to get paid. Everybody else has been getting paid, and now it's going to be his turn. So the last three years, he's had a walk percentage over 20% and a K percentage under 15%. That's just great. It's the mm-hmm. great, great plate discipline. He had a... 243 average last year, but I think that was uh, drawn because of the 249 Babbitt, which shows way below 332 in 2021 and 363 in 2020. And yet he still had 27 homers and 155 runs plus RBIs. But I look at the years before, he had 206 in 2021, 220 in 2019, both the full seasons he played. And look behind him, he's going to have Machado, Bogarts, Cronenworth, Nelson Cruz, Tatis when he comes back. Right now, roster resource has him hitting two behind Ha Seong Kim. So I think Juan Soto is in for a great year. I don't know if I would take him one, but I might take him three or four, which is above where he's going. That's a good call. I want to address everybody. Urgent says, how do you think Bobby Witt's going to do this year? Bobby Witt is one of two players last year that had 20 home runs and 30 stolen bases and 100 percentile sprint speed. So he's one of the fastest players in the league. I expect him to steal 30 plus bases again. You don't have to get me in my love for Bobby Witt Jr. And improving Royals lineup. Uh, urgent to me, he's most likely you're going to get him in kind of the back end of the first round. And that's perfect value for him. I'm happy taking him anytime after, after pick 10. I'm happy taking him just in, in, in roto leagues and in, in points leagues. You can drop him a few rounds because he won't. Uh, he'll strike out a little bit. Batting average is, is kind of 260, 250-ish. Uh, but in Roto, he's definitely a, a first-round player, in my opinion. But, Doc, I'm with you 100% on Juan Soto. I, I think you adjust to a new environment last year. Sometimes it can take players a little bit to adjust. And Juan Soto still has so much in his profile that shows that he can bounce back next year. He's going to be in a great lineup. He's going to be hanging at the top of the order. You can't go wrong with Juan Soto, especially at the discount you're getting him at right now. So I, I'm with you. I think looking at the outfielders right now, I have them as five. I have right now Ronald Acuna, Julio, Aaron Judge, Jordan, and then I have Soto at five. So, so you have him above Kyle Tucker because he's at I have five right now and you yeah. switch Tucker and Alvarez. Yeah, I have, I have Kyle Tucker at six. But I, I do think he's due for Soto's ADP is 10 right now, which is crazy. 
Will you do better in the triple players ball than 40th this year, Eric? Yeah, I, I've learned a little bit of a lesson there. The real question <laughs> is, is our buddy Urgent going to join again? He needs to. Urgent, make sure you hit us up so you can join in again. Urgent, we'll do a side pod, $100 of who finishes higher, me or There you, you. go. There you go. <laughs> Marty, let's go to you next here and talk about the guy we just talked about in Kyle yeah. Tucker, who I think is number six. Where do you have him in terms of your outfielders right now? Yeah, I have him right. It's uh, I have him at five right before Soto. And the reason being, I mean, unless you feel like comfortable with being able to tackle steals later in your draft, then Soto, I think, is a fine pick. But me, I'm, I want to be able to get those 25 plus homers, 25 plus stolen bases and a solid average in the first round. And he's right, right now he's going 6.45. Uh, that is Kyle Tucker for the Astros. Fourth outfielder off the board. Uh, ATC projections had him have him at 629 plate appearances, batting 274 with 33 home runs, 85 runs, 98 RBI, and 21 stolen bases. He's batting fifth as of now. Um, that's what Roster Resource has him in for the Astros lineup. Um, but overall, I mean, he's had back-to-back 30 home run seasons, and now he's the only uh, only player projected to hit 30 or more home runs with 20 or more stolen bases with a batting average of at least 270. So I think he's the safest outfield. Um, option in that in that round in that area where he's going and the reason being he's played in 91 percent of all possible games over the last three years so mm-hmm. if you are afraid of Acuna getting injured or any of those players possibly getting injured I mean he's just he's there every day day in day out he's not as sexy he doesn't get the um you know you never see like a max pick of one on him but he could be he's very solid his uh AL MVP odds on DraftKings are plus 3500 that's not bad like a cheeky like a cheeky 20 Mm. You know, Marty, that's Marty, 20. hey, don't don't bring little that up. Cheeky, little, little cheeky, cheeky twenty. You know what I mean? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, mean, I like him. He's one of those players. Do you guys ever have players? That you, it's not like you don't like them, but you just never end up with them. For me, it was Kyle like, Tucker up until this year because for some reason it just never really like I, I went Soto last year when I had the opportunity, but you know between them and. Take care of your steals early. We don't know what the environment's going to be like. Some people are like, well, there's going to be more stolen bases. It's like, well, that means you're going to need more stolen bases to stay competitive. Mm -hmm. So don't ignore them. Think you can get them later. What do you think about Mike's comment here? He says, people that pass on Julio will will regret it. I have him as my number two player right now. I only have Ronald Acuna ahead of him. Uh, Do you guys have Julio as high as I do? Let's, let's Let's go around the horn here. Kyle, do you have Julio as your second player behind Ronald Acuna in regards to outfield. Uh, well, we could do outfield and then just in general, if just, just to draft. Yeah. I mean, Trey Turner's up there too, but I think outfield's a lot shallower than shortstop this year. Yeah. So that might bump Julio up a little bit, but mm-hmm. uh, I'm still taking Ronnie. So you take, if, if let's say you have the second pick, Ronnie goes one, who are you going to two? Trey Turner or Julio Rodriguez? Or Ramirez, maybe. Or Ramirez, yeah. Yeah. I'd probably go Julio, but I've always leaned towards the younger guys than the older guys, which has got me in trouble, but it's also paid <laughs> off. So it's a, it's a coin flip. I don't think you can really go wrong with either one. I'm with you, brother. Julio for me as well. He's my, I again. That, I don't know. I feel like Julio heads a little bit as a, of a sophomore slump. At least mm-hmm. he could. He could, but he's, I mean, mm-hmm. he's a good stolen base <clears throat> option. And you would mm-hmm. think he's hopefully going to improve, even if he does have a little bit of a sophomore slump. Elsie, uh, really quick, you have the second pick in the draft. Who are you taking? And Acuna's gone. 
Acuna's gone. I'm taking, I'm taking Ramirez. You're taking Ramirez. Is Julio three or is Turner three? Judge. Oh, okay. So you're you're a little okay. So if we draft together, I can wait on Julio. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Julio is Julio is like seventh for me, and maybe like fourth or fifth outfielder. Me and Mike and Kyle are just gonna sit here and we're gonna shake our heads at Mm -hmm. you. That's fine. We can do that. Yeah. I mean, for me, Julio, it's it's about lineup context, and you have to pick Nitz. His lineup is worse. He's going to get less counting stats than the other guys up there. And for me, that's that's the difference. I mean, if we're picking Nitz and the is sophomore slump. Is it yeah. worse, though? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm a Twins fan. I've seen Josh Donaldson. He's yeah. <laughs> not very good. Yeah, I would actually take the Mariners lineup over the Yankees. Uh, you, have, you have an injured John Carlos Stanton like half the year. You have you Josh Blaybrook Donaldson. Doris. You have Glaber Torres, yeah. who I don't know what to expect from Glaber Torres. But you have right. Rizzo. the ballpark. The ballpark's a huge factor in that. DJ LeMayhew. But yeah. if, you, if you're looking at the Mariners, they have Colton Wong. They have Ty uh, France. Ty France. They Yeah. But like the bottom of their lineup is awesome. Superstar Jared Kelnick. Jared That's Kelman. right, superstar they're gonna, Jared. They're going to be playing Taylor Trammell there in a few weeks. You know, the, the good put, put in, Justin Ackley. <laughs> if, if people are watching right now, put in the comments who has the better overall lineup between the Mariners and the Yankees. Keep in mind that Stanton will miss some games when you factor this in. Marty, uh, really quick, really quick. Would you rather? Would you take Julio at two, or are you going somewhere else? I think Julio. If you're doing five, six, seven drafts, take Julio in that spot at some point. If you're only doing one, I would go some something a little more conservative. Fair enough. My player uh, that I'm going to talk about, my favorite outfielder to draft, is the guy that if you look at his stack cast page, it's it's NSF, it's NSFW, and to be honest with you guys, it should have an OnlyFans page because it is it's just too graphic for you to be able to look at for free. There's so much red. And the, uh, just just to put a context for you guys here, I'm only going to read you what he's the 100th percentile in. Average exit velocity, barrel percentage, XWOBA, XBA, hard hit percentage, and slugging percentage. All of those, he's in the top 100th percentile. I've never seen that from any player. And I've only been looking at StatCast for the last three seasons. I've never seen a player. It's Jordan, David. We already know. No, I already. I, I just already said it was Jordan. Okay. He's he's 99th percentile in max EV and 96th percentile in walk percentage. He's as safe a four category contributor. And by the way, he only strikes out 18% of the time. Uh, He's to me, Acuna, Julio, and Judge. And the only reason he's behind those guys is he doesn't give you stolen bases. But again, if you're looking for the guaranteed four outcome, uh, a four category player, he's the safest four category player out there. He's just such a baller. He's absolutely insane how good he is. Um, and if you, he's one of those players and I maybe like, maybe I'm the only one who feels this way. Is there a player when you have on your team, you're like, Oh my God, my team is stacked. And you have that one player, like everybody else falls into place. But if you get that one player, you feel incredible. That's Jordan Alvarez for me. Like I could have Aaron judge. I could have like J rod. I could have Acuna, but they don't give me the same type of like, I have Jordan Alvarez. Holy crap. Like, come come mess with me right now. You ain't touching my team. Do you guys, anybody else have that feeling with the player? No. I've had that feeling before, but it won't surprise me if Pete Alonso outperforms Jordan Alvarez this year. What if you can get both? 
uh, then I got to worry about my steals. But I don't hate that. I think that's a good place to start. <laughs> Maybe with, you know, I mean, with the increase potentially of steals, th- that to be honest with you guys might be where I go uh, if I have the draft positioning with my one two. Then you pretty much have home runs almost locked at that point. You also have decent batting average. With you have Alonzo hit. I think above 260, he's at above 260 in three of the last four seasons. And you have Jordan hitting over 300 last year. You have RBIs. You have, you're have you going to have a good amount of runs. And you just get your steals with uh, a couple other guys later on. Like, I love that. Uh, David, how old do you think Jordan is? He's like 26. How old do you think his knees are? <laughs> uh, I think I believe your knees can't be older than you are, so I'll say 26. <laughs> I uh, know he's 25 with probably 35 year old knees. That's my main concern. Good thing, good thing he DHs most of the time. I was going to say, well, he's still, he played 135 games last season, 144 the year before that, two the year before that in the shortened season. That's my main concern with him. I just heard 135 or more games in two straight seasons, is all I heard. <laughs> and you're taking that with the second pick. So, all right. Well, no, I'm taking him fourth of outfielders. Just because of the stolen bases. David hypes him up. Is there anybody that gives you this feeling? Yeah, I'm going to take him fourth. No, I mean, he's the, he's the only one. <laughs> that I'll, t- I'll take Quan Soto instead. He's though. the only <laughs> one that gives me that feeling. Like, like you can do things that give you funny feelings or good feelings. It doesn't mean it's always the best thing for you, right? <laughs> I don't know, dude. I feel like you're getting into your personal life. Yeah, I don't know what this podcast is turning into. I'm just but talking we fantasy baseball. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's go to the flip side. Let's talk about the players were fading inside the top 10 here and let's go back to you kyle the player you are actually it's kind of interesting because he's a very polarizing name as he's going to be every year mike trout you're not touching him this year i just i think he's on the wrong side of 30 he misses games i'd like if i'm going to gamble in the first round i want a guy like ronnie or not that he's really that big of a gamble but you know there's some injury risk based baked in there there's some injury risk with trout um I think Tatis is going right ahead of him. I'd rather have a 23-year-old Tatis than a almost 32-year-old Trout, uh, especially since Trout doesn't steal bases anymore. That's not – I mean, Trout's a great baseball player. He's gonna obviously going to be in the Hall of Fame probably one day, but um, I just would avoid him in fantasy. Would you rather have Mike Trout or Michael Harris? Mike Trout. Okay, so they're going back-to-back, yeah. about six picks apart. So you, you – you actually like where he's ranked among outfielders at number nine in terms of where you probably value him. Like, yeah. And that's, it's probably more so, you know, the quality in front of him than him overall as a player. But if I have to fade one guy, it'd probably be trout. All right. I, I can't hate that at all. Uh, now back to you, LC, we talked so much about J rod and I mean, I think we love him. Again, We, me and Kyle are and Mike in the comments are all about him at number two. You kind of expressed, Doc said the sophomore slump. Is the, the lineup context, mm-hmm. the potential sophomore slump, the ballpark, I'm assuming all of these are big strikes for you in terms of J-Rod, where he's going. Um. Well, yeah, he had, and, and he had a little uh, a down downturn on his stolen bases the second half of last season half showed that he can get him in bunches so i'm not 100 concerned with that i think he's still going to get solid stolen bases i don't know if it's going to be any i don't think it will be more than last season though uh, if i if i was going to guess i'd say he'd still get over 20 the power 
you know, the park isn't helping him there. He, but he has good power. The power could be where he has growth, but if he just, you know, has a little bit of step down, like he could, he could have more plate appearances, get more runs, get more RBIs and not be worth the two pick if he hits, you know, so it, it, to me, it's it's just that he's not getting the he's not getting you the same statistics that that the other guys are because like 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 Judge as I was saying about him, he's going to get two hundred plus uh, runs plus RBIs uh, as long as he stays healthy. He has a health risks. Um, like what do you expect for Julio? Like ninety runs, seventy five RBIs because he's leading off. It's just it's just a difference in total and 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 you know, quantity of, of statistics that he's able to get in that lineup. That's my concern. Right now, uh, if you look at his uh, fan graphs, Steamer projects him for, <clears throat> let's see, for 32 home runs, 85 RBIs, and 25 stolen bases, 99 runs. It's pretty good. I think it's, that's yeah. definitely a, a top five pick. Yeah, I don't I don't think he, I, I think that's the one of the, higher end projections. The other projections the, are lower. The yeah. bad X, the bad X has him 27 home runs, 89 runs, 79 RBIs, 21 stolen bases. Yeah. I mean, which is really good. That's really solid, but it's, you know, that, that the runs like that's the range of runs plus RBIs. Whereas like judge is 40 home runs, 210 runs plus RBIs and maybe 10 steals. Our right. buddy Brian K. Rodman says, I love Rodriguez, but I want the highest floor in the first round. Uh, so so it sounds like Brian doesn't like him at draft value. He's with LC, and we talked about Mike and Kyle and myself being team J-Rod. Very polarizing player. Um, and I'm sure, I mean, just even just looking over the last few weeks here, his min pick is one, his max pick is six. So that kind of demonstrates the range you get with him as mm-hmm. well, uh, just depending on how you want to attack your draft in that sense. Marty party, your next player that you don't like here, Fernando Tatis jr. There's a bazillion reasons you could list here. I'm sure you'll have some of them for us. Do you see yourself drafting any Fernando Tatis this year? I think once again, if you're in seven, eight, nine leagues, like some of us find ourselves in, even though we don't want to be, yes, I think it's okay spending a, a second round pick on him, but, um, I mean, he, right now he's uh, ADP of 16, eighth outfielder off the board. ATC projections have him hitting 31 home runs, 19 stolen bases, batting 278, 82 runs, 82 RBIs. So the projections look good. And I want to first recognize that he could be a top five fantasy baseball player by the end of the year. You know, the speed and power upside, I don't have to go into it, how good he is. But we've talked a lot about his injuries, his past. And unless I'm in a 10-team or 12-team league and I can take that risk at the beginning in my draft, I'm going to skip over Tatis for a, um, a you know a safer player, and where I'm finding myself is I, I want to get an ace, you know, like I want to be able to mm-hmm. you know whether because Garrett Cole's still out there right at that same spot, Radone, I you know Nola, even mm-hmm. Burns is right there. So if I'd rather get a hitter in the first round, loop around and maybe get a um, you know one of my aces in the second. That's my goal, but you can't go wrong with Tatis if you want to you want to roll the dice. That's not a bad pick, but for me, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna skip it. He's going basically in high second round. That's that's pretty rich for a guy that's going to miss some games to start of the season for suspension. I think twenty games, and then you don't know how he's going to be when he comes back. He's definitely a risk. So I think it also you know depends all like Marty said how many leagues you're in and, and stuff. But 
I'm looking at myself and I don't know if I will have any Fernando Tatis Jr. this year. Maybe your home league, right? In a 10 team league. Like, why not? You know, the, the replacement. I don't have any, t- I don't have any 10 team leagues, Marty. Tw- Ooh, not too say. <laughs> what about a 12 team league, David? Is that okay with you? Jeez. Maybe it knows up to a half our audience, you know, not all of us are psychos. And hey, look, if you play in leagues. 10 team leagues, that's perfectly fine. I just, I have a 10 team league and it's fun. <laughs> no, I just, I feel like my teams are so stacked. Once you've been doing so many 12 and 15. What are they? Cause like, they all have Jordan Alvarez. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can't get help with all the Jordan I want. <laughs> Doc, you have Aaron Judge as your fave, which you're going to lose all our Yankee audience with that call. Why do you, I mean, are you fave? I mean, his ADP is three. 2022 was a career year. Prior to this year, we never talked about Aaron Judge being a top first round or top five, even a first round pick. The 311 batting average, he never hit 290 plus prior to that. It's 16 stolen bases and 157 games last year, but he had 24 in 572 games all prior to that. And he was all younger, by the way. And he's good for home runs. Is he going to hit 62 again? Probably not. 35 to 40, we would say, is a good year for him, but that's a big drop-off. It's about 33%. And we, David, you mentioned the Yankees lineup earlier. There's a lot of veterans. Anthony Rizzo is 33 and will probably miss some time with some back injuries. Stan is 33. We already know he's going to miss time. LeMayu is 34, and right now, roster resource doesn't even have him starting out the year in the lineup. Josh Donaldson's 37. We don't know what's going to happen with Gleyber Torres, if they're keeping or moving him. I'm not a fan of the Yankee lineup, and Rizzo or Judge has had his own injury concerns, so I just can't take him at three. And if he has a good year, then that's fine, but I'm not willing to take the risk. Let me ask you, Doc. Does 41 home runs seem fair to predict? Yeah, but I mean, does, what, do you, does what, do you, what do you put his batting average at? 100? Uh, they project him at a 284 batting average. 284, 41 homers. 106 RBIs, nine steals is what the bad X projects. I'd say it's a little bit loftier than I'd think, but I wouldn't say it's far off. I mean, that's a top five player. Mm-hmm. But there's the injury risk, and we're basing this off of last year. He's hit He's in taking the- more yoga. He's doing more yoga these days. He's taking. He needs. He needs oh, you said we're gonna lose. Brian, Brian just is going against me tonight. Brian just decided I want to go against. But here's you. the thing. That's, that's fine. Here's here's the thing. Everything you said with Judge, would you say it's best case scenario for him? Because he had 53 homers in his first yeah, full season. Last year was his best case scenario for sure. But yeah. So, but if, even if you're getting like 75, 80 percent of last year, he's gonna be a top five player. And so, by the projections, if he's getting you 40-plus home runs, 100-plus RBIs, and close to double-digit steals, at the outfield position that gets really thin, why would you not take it? So Aaron Judge's home run totals have been 52, 27, 27, 9, 39. He has, the, he has the second most home runs since 2019 of all I'm Major saying, League Baseball I'm saying by year. Who, who's by first? Year. Pete Alonzo. Not Jordan. <laughs> I wish. I'm just saying everything we've said is best case scenario for him, but it, that's in an aging lineup, and Aaron Judge has his own injury concerns. So where would he be for you in terms of outfielders? Where would you rank him? I would take Acuna one, probably Soto two, um, J Rod three, Kyle Tucker four. He would probably be six for me, maybe seven behind Mookie. Wow, that's hot. That's that's I'm hot, Mookie. Doc. That's hot. I mean, if you look at Trout's. Uh, 
projection on the bad X, it's basically the same as Judge, and you can get him a few picks later. Yeah, Kyle, yeah, but, shoot down, David. But the only thing is, with There's Trout, he's actually had really bad down. injury problems. Well, yeah, I mean, years. that's why I'm fading him on, yeah. in my list. But, uh, I mean, it is basically the same. A little bit lower batting average, but the counting stats are about the same. I just like Judge a little bit more because he's played in 148 or more games in back-to-back seasons. So I, I mean, that's, to me, he's been pretty durable. Uh, yeah, and before that, he played 28. One. It was in a shortened so. season. You can't look at the 2020 season and count. All right, then I'll look at that. 2019 and 2018 when he played 102 and 112. Okay, but he's a different player then. He started changing his regimen. You got to be up to date with the news, Doc. Yeah, he just has a freak body that sometimes doing, does get hurt more than the doing other. yoga now, Doc. That's right. <laughs> Anytime the player does yoga, you got to pay attention. It's the yoga rules. <laughs> now I don't know if Michael Harris does yoga, but maybe he should. Uh, I'm fading him. He's the tenth outfielder going off the board. Have we seen the best of him already? I do think there's a chance. He had a 55.8% ground ball rate, which for those that don't know, that's an 11% bump above the major league average. Major league average is right around 44%. He had a 22.9% home run to fly ball rate. For those that don't realize how big that is, that home run to fly ball rate was sixth in all of baseball behind Aaron Judge, John Carlos Stanton, Jordan Alvarez, Kyle Schwarber, and Mike Trout with players with 400 or more at-bats last year. Somebody, he, one thing is not like the other. You know the saying? So, like, you have all these big boppers, and then you have Michael Harris with the insane 22.9 home run percent, home run to fly ball rate. Uh, only Stanton had a ground ball rate that was even in the 40s at 46%. The rest of them were in the 30s. Keep in mind, again, Michael Harris had a 55.8 ground ball rate. He also struggled against breaking balls last season with a 36% whiff rate and a 224 expected batting average. There's still, to me, too many holes right now in his profile to be taking him as the 10th outfielder off the board. I do understand great rookie season. He did make the jump from double A. Will he regress some this year? I do think there's some regression. Will he still probably be a fantasy asset with 20 steals in his rookie season? Probably. I'm just not comfortable taking him in the first two rounds where he's going. Uh, he's going to be one of those players, do it again, and I'll buy in. But you're right now, unless you change your profile up, uh, that is, to me, an outlier. So I'll be fading Michael Harris. And uh, maybe Mike Carter will be too. What's up, Mike? Thanks for hanging out with us. Mike of the Fantasy Baseball Beat, one of the, the FSWA award-winning nominated Fantasy Baseball Beat. Hey. Um. Let's go to the next range of outfielders going to the 11 to 20 range here, Kyle. And we get into that range. The first player that you want to talk about here is someone that's going to be debated about for the next couple of minutes and Cedric Mullins. So you can go ahead and start the argument. And then I think some of the other boys are going to hop in here. I think with whoever is saying it, like, you know, stolen base is probably going to be up a bit this year, but that just means you're going to need more of them. I think, He's a very safe option for steals. Um, probably not going to get more than 15 to 20 uh, home runs. But I also think that the banning of the shift is going to help him. He was shifted 52.5% of the time last year. And I think, you know, you'll see an uptick in the batting average, which could ultimately lead to a little uptick in runs and RBIs. Um, plus, you got that safe floor with the steals. 
Yeah, Marty, you are also a big Cedric Mullins guy. Uh, is there anything else you would like to add to Kyle's beautiful start to this argument here? It is a great start. Um, when you talk about Michael Harris, I mean, I could, Cedric Mullins is, has the same profile. projects for pretty much the same little bit, you know, with more steals. But you can get him, you know, in the 50th pick instead of the 26th. So, um, yeah, I mean, looking at him, there are only two players projected to a steal at least 20 bases and have more home runs than Cedric Mullins. And that is Bobby Witt Jr. and Ronald Acuna Jr. So he's in good company there. The ATC projections have him for 18 bombs, 30 stolen bases, 84 runs, and 60 RBI. And he bats 255, so he doesn't drag down your batting average as well. He's going to be leading off for the Orioles um, in a much improved lineup. And last year, I was out on him. I wasn't willing to put, uh, you know, willing to pay that price. Uh, but I, now I think, I think everyone understands he's not going to hit 30 home runs or get close to that again. But if he hits you around 20 home runs and he gets you 30 stolen bases. I'd rather have him than Luis Robert, who I can get like, you know, a little bit later. Um, And Adolis Garcia is kind of in that same breath, you know, as far as that upside. And I think Mullins is the most safe one out of all of those, especially for where he's going. Doc, it's compelling points here, but you're against the Cedric Mullins train. I'm an O's homer, so I should be hyping up Mullins, if anything. I've been hyping up my guys this year. I mean, he still had a good season, but he had dips and home runs, 30 to 16. And I know you guys have acknowledged that he's not a 30 home run hitter. His runs dropped from 91 to 89. His batting average dropped from 91 or 291 to 258. His stolen bases went up from 30 to 34, but his percentage of success on the base pass went down. He had eight caught stealing in 38 attempts versus 10 and 44 attempts last year. Now, when I look at that, he also platooned. And they talked about that at the end of the season, that against lefties, he was sitting, uh, most notably against the Blue Jays. And to finish out the season, he had a 646 OPS against lefties and an 813 OPS against righties. And you talked about an improved Orioles lineup, and that's why I think Cedric Mullins had such a long leash is because they didn't have a great hitting lineup for a while. And now they have a bunch of young talent. Gunnar Henderson will probably be up there for the entire year. Adley Rutschman, and on days that he's not playing, he'll probably DH. I think they moved Mount Cowell a little bit to the outfield, but they also have Austin Hayes. They didn't get rid of Anthony Santander. I think Mullins is going to be good. I think he's going to be a good table setter, but I think you're relying on him too much for steals when steals should go up. Um, I just don't know if he's locked in for an everyday at everyday role like we've seen previous years. Let me ask you, you this. Guys, How many stolen bases do you think he'll have? So if, if ATC has him projected for 30 if you think he's going to have like a decrease in playing time, what do you think? Would you, I'd, I'd say twenty-six. I'd say twenty-six to twenty-eight. But I think I think yeah, he's going to wait. Till you're, what? No, no. But here's the thing. I think he's probably going to hit in the two fifties again. I think he will probably yeah. give you twelve to fourteen home runs. And I think the counting stats are going to go down. Would you rather would have you guys, him or Odolis Garcia? Sorry, you, you literally took the funny. question out of my mouth. That's exactly <laughs> what I was going to ask. Words right out of my mouth. <laughs> Um, what's their ADP? Like they're back to back. Yeah, Cedric they're right Mullins next is, to each other. Cedric Mullins is fifty-one, which Adoles is why is I think Mullins is a good. I mean, that's a good buy because I just I don't believe in Garcia. I don't believe in Corbin Carroll as much as him. I mean, if they're back to back to each other, I would take Mullins barely. But I think I think Garcia has the higher ceiling. And once again, it's depending on how you draft and your roster construction. I mean, they're pretty much home runs. Is that what you mean by higher? Garcia. Yeah, he will give you more home runs. And I think he's in a better hitting lineup for counting stats. All right. Doc is 
not in on Cedric Mullins this year, but you'll have to watch him in person hit home runs and eat your words. I mean, You're not allowed to cheer I, for him I when like, he comes up. I like Cedric Mullins as a person, and he's one of the fan favorites. And I'm not saying he's having a bad year, but at 51, I don't know if I could – or at ADP 49 – I don't know if I could take him then. I think you're just banking on steals and, you know, kind of above average in the runs category. Going right before Cedric Mullins is Kyle Schwarber. Uh, seems like as safe a bet for home runs as you can get, especially at this point in the draft, LC. Uh, one of the best home run hitters last year. He would have, I, I believe, he led the National League mm-hmm. in home runs, if I remember correctly. And it's an even better lineup now with Trey Turner there. So, is it just besides the home runs? Is there appeal to you for Kyle Schwarber, or is it just because you can get that power at that point in the draft? He's worth it to you. I think. Well, I think you at least get that power. I think there's batting average upside here. Schwarber has hit above 250 in full seasons twice in his career. He's had dips. He, he's one of these that goes up and down. He hit two two eighteen last year. I think it was. Um, his XBA was nearly 240. Uh, in 2021, he had 266, like just just two seasons ago. So, so the the power with the batting average upside really makes him like um, you know kind of a you know a yord a yordan light. Uh, at, Don't you dare he, compare he, them. Look at the counting stats. Look at the power, and and Schwarber gets more steals. Schwarber's got that. Schwarber's got that. So gets more steals. That's speed. about it. <laughs> Schwarber got. Uh, they sure had like 185 runs with RBIs, and Jordan had like 187. It was like it was like difference of two. Like their counting stats were because Schwarber led off most of last year, so he had great counting stats, more home runs, batting average way below so that's why he's being drafted 50th overall but if he hits 250 with with nearly 40 home runs then you get like that great upside on the batting average because then he's he's at league average and batting average and not 40 points at 35 40 points under so i mean yeah he's obviously a great power where he's going uh it gives you yeah potentially the steals there is room for batting average upside Kyle Schwarber is definitely I mean, one of those players. We're not, we're not banking on steals. <laughs> we're, we're not. I do think Kyle Schwarber yeah. is definitely one of those players when you're in your draft, him going at pick 48. So in, in a 15 team league, he's going basically like the beginning of the fourth round that he's one of those players that you're like, when you look at the draft go, you're like, all right, please fall to me. Please fall to me. Please fall to me. Like he's, he's that type of guy. You're like, all right, I can get my home runs here. I could get you know a couple steals, so he's going to obviously give you a lot of runs and good RBI counting stats, all that stuff. Um, especially if he's hitting behind Trey Turner, who's supposed to get on base for him. So I have no doubt that he's going to be a good pick here, just for what you know he's probably going to give you. But he's going to be those that guy I'm sure that someone jumps to go get. Like I, I know is right now where his ADP is, but I feel like when you're actually in drafts, that people before the turn are going to get him, and he's not going to last till when he comes back around. You know you. There are there is like the Dalton Bar shows, Luis Robert, Randy Arosa, yeah. who we'll talk about in a second. So he I, he definitely, especially if you need power, people will go jump and get him. Um, I know Doc, yeah. you still have to talk about your guy, but I just touching on Randy Arosa, Reina real quick was was the player I wanted to talk about. He's one of only two players last season had twenty home runs and thirty steals. The other being Bobby Witt, and only four players 
have had 2020 seasons in back-to-back years. That is Jose Ramirez, Kyle Tucker, Trey Turner, and Randy Arozarena. Um, he's streaky. He's going to make you pull your hair out at times. He's also going to make it seem like you made a winning pick with him. But at the end of the day, he's going to give you a 2020. And very few players, as you can see, with only four doing it in back-to-back years, are going to give you that type of upside. So Randy Arozarena, it, it may not be pretty, but he gives you what you need at the end of the day. So I think he's a solid pick here, especially when you're chasing steals a little bit at this point in the draft. You can get that. You also don't sacrifice power because he'll give you 20-plus home runs, and then he'll give you some other counting stats as well, and that's why he's going as the 11th outfielder off the board. I think that's appropriate-ish value for him. But, Doc, uh, let's close this out. George Springer, your guy in this range that you like going as the – 20th outfielder off the board at pick 75. So he is the best value of this range. Love the value on George Springer, probably the lowest that he's been. And you got to figure the Blue Jays are going to want to be conservative. He's in that second year of that big contract that he signed. I think it was a six-year 150 mil. So they definitely want to protect him. They'll probably have him DH some, but he's leading off. And he had 14 stolen bases last year, which was his second most in a season in 133 games. Um, Babbitt was 285. So that's the lowest in a full season of his career. Some good underlying metrics, max EV, 92nd percentile, XBA, 78th percentile, hard hit percentage, 63rd. And with Varsho in the outfield, Kevin Kiermeyer there as well. Like I said, maybe they move him to DH a little bit. Um, but I, I just think, once again, like the, the thing about him is just staying healthy. But I'm okay taking a chance on George Springer as the 20th ranked outfield that outfielder than I am at Aaron Judge as the third outfielder. All right. There you go. Dislikes in this range. We already talked about Doc not being in on Cedric Mullins. Kyle, you are one of two on this panel that is fading Luis Robert. Please go ahead and, and tell us why. And you know if it's Robert or Robert, because I always get stuck between the two. Uh, I think it started out Robert and then somehow changed to Robert. But um, and we'll just call him Robert for the sake <laughs> of this argument. But uh so I actually kept him two years in my uh, that home league I'm in, and he killed me both years, and I ended up trading him in the middle of the season last year right before he got hurt again, and that's my biggest knock on him. I mean, it, he's got a lot of skills, but he's never played over 100 games, and everybody knocks my guy Byron Buxton down a couple pegs because he doesn't play 100 games. So why don't we treat Luis Robert the same, or Robert the same way? You know, that'd be my argument against him. Elsie, similar reasoning for you for why you're fading Robert? Yeah, I think, and I think it's kind of indicative of, of why I find this part of the draft to be so difficult because he's kind of that boomer bust type of pick where his per 162 average in, in his major league career, only 600 steals with like a 280 batting average. And so that's fantastic, but he hasn't stayed healthy. So you got him going right next to Schwarber, right next to Cedric Mullins. And like mm-hmm. out of those three, Robert's the least safe to me. And, and, and uh, so, so like when you, when you look at him, like if you look at his projections, I project him to be valued at, at that range, but that projections, like if you average them out, they're all projecting him to have like 500 at bats. 
It's like, mm-hmm. do you, are we sure he's going to get 500 at bats? Um, and that to me, that that's where I like just, yeah, just the injury concerns, the Buxton, the, the point about Buxton, uh, being dinged, uh, whereas Robert is not dinged quite as much yet, uh, is a great point because Buxton Buxton's a monster for when he plays. Yeah, no, I agree with you a hundred percent there. Um, Marty, real quick, Corbin Carroll. I know he's a rookie. Uh, you're assuming that his draft price is just too much for you. That's pretty much it. I mean, we're expecting a guy who has 115 career plate appearances to bat 250 with 17 bombs and 18 stolen bases. It's possible he does do that. Um, but last year, I mean, he played the last month of the year. He went against teams fourth, fifth, sixth starters, you know, starters coming out of um, AAA. Um, so I'm not a Carroll hater. I'm excited to to watch him blossom this year, but I'm not going to have any currently where he's at at 73. There's just better options, more stable options a little bit later, which I will get into. Rank the four. Eloy Jimenez, Teoscar Hernandez, Corbin Carroll, George Springer. Say him one more time. Eloy, Teoscar, Corbin Carroll, George Springer. Teoscar, Eloy, Carroll, then Springer. Okay, Springer's so you have a, for me just because of his um his injury. So you would take Carroll over Springer? I would. Yeah. I don't think Doc would do that. <laughs> no, nah, right, give Doc? me Springer. Give me Springer. Would you agree with the order that Marty put to switch the last two? What was the order? He I put Teoscar, uh, T- yes. Eloy, and then you he had Carroll Springer, so you do Springer Carroll. Teoscar Springer, Eloy Carroll. Interesting. Oh, this could be an interesting. I would love to to actually break this down a little bit, but we let's move on. Uh, we'll have to do that another time. The last player in this section, I'll talk about Dalton Varsho. I talked about him as a fade in the catcher preview for myself. 235, 302, 443 line with 27 homers, 74 RBIs, 46 walks, and 16 steals last year. Very good line. Eight of his 16 steals came in the last, basically, month of the season. Uh, so... You know, I think it looked a lot better at the end, but he kind of had to squeeze that in there. Will they have him run a lot? I don't know. If he loses the stolen bases, he's not exactly a batting average uh, thing that you can trust. The Toronto ball, uh, ballpark is also changing too, so you don't know what he's going to be doing with the home runs. And Varsho had a big problem against left-handed uh, pitching last year. So could he become part of a platoon, especially with all the bats they have there? There's just a lot of questions for me to take him where he's going. So I'm probably going to fade him. I don't think I'll have any Dalton Varsho this year, honestly. And if he does well, then I'll I'll eat it. But I'm not taking him, especially right now where outfielders go. Uh, he's going as the, I believe, 12th outfielder. And I know he's catching, catching eligibility, but I usually don't take a catcher that early anyway. So uh, I'll be without Dalton Varsho this year. Let's go to the last section. These are going to be our favorites going in the 21 to 30 range. And let's start off here going back to our guy, Kyle. And he likes Tyler O'Neill. Very polarizing, that Tyler O'Neill. Also very strong, like Marty demonstrates there. But will he stay on the field this year? Yeah, I think that's the biggest question with him is, is his health. But he's got such huge power upside and, you know, around pick 100 or wherever he's going, I think it's a fine time where you can start kind of gambling a little bit more than you want to early. You know, if I picked, you know, Acuna and Tatis, let's say, mm-hmm. is my first two picks, I'm probably not 
you're going to, I'm going to probably going to try to find somebody a little bit safer, but if I have two or three or four or whatever, it would be uh, pretty safe picks by the time he's, you know, in, in his ADP, I would probably take a gamble on him. And the other thing is, I mean, he had hamstring injuries last year and he still mm-hmm. stole 14 bases. His sprint speed um, percentile, what do you think Buxton's is? Uh, I thought it would be pretty high. I'd, I'd say like 80. I'll, I'll say, say 92. Buxton's say- 92. O'Neill's 97. So, I mean, that he's a strong dude and it's fast if he stays wow. healthy. I think, you know, looking at maybe top 20, top 25 return on your investment. Definitely a boomer bust goes also back to back with Buxton. So if you're you're ready for pain, it broke my heart not to pick Buxton. But <laughs> I know I know he'll be mentioned in this episode. Don't worry. Uh, but Probably for the wrong reasons, dude. I, as a fellow Twins fan, I get it. it. It's just so much potential, and we just can never see it fully on display every season. Uh, it's always something happens. But yeah, I mean, if, if you're ready to take the risk, we've saw the reward uh, the year before with Tyler O'Neill and what he can do. So if he stays healthy, there's definitely a lot of upside there. Doc, it's interesting going to you because I'm going to go back to Kyle. You're liking Stephen Kwan here as Kyle doesn't want Stephen Kwan. So why don't you start the argument four and then Kyle, you can go into your fade for Stephen Kwan. Well, Stephen Kwan's a, a great contact hitter. He was in the 100th percentile of K percentage, which just kind of exudes that he's a great, great guy that has good bat on ball skills. Struck out 60 times in, or in 638 plate appearances, a 9.4% K rate, and walked 72 times, so 9.7% walk percentage. This was in his first MLB season when we see sometimes people have that tough transition or they start out hot and then go through a slump. He, his averages by month, 354, 173, 341, 314, 296, and 309. So besides May, he was hitting 296 or above the rest of the season. Five of his home, uh, five of his second, five of his seven home runs came in the second half. So maybe he found his power and along with that speed where 14 stolen bases came. Now you add Josh Bell into that lineup and he's going to be leading off. I mean, the fact where he's going to, he's 24th ranked outfielder. Is that it? Uh, he is going, I'll get you that in one second. 27th ranked outfielder. I mean, uh, 28th, the 28th and he's going to pick 116.5. Yeah. What? I mean, this was his first season too. Like this was a guy that won undrafted last year and, and maybe Kyle, that plays into your argument, but I just think he's a, he's one of those hitters. that's going to get better. Gennardo, I hope you're here for, when we stream next week because Oscar Gonzalez will be in next week's episode and I will be touting the crap out of him. So make sure you, you do that for next week. I, I will have to save that. Um, but going back to you, Kyle. So doc's points are, are well valued noted. Now you can go ahead and shove them back in his face with your disagreement here. I just think Steven Kwan's a better real life baseball player than a fantasy baseball player. Um, you know, if Yordan's, StatCast page is not safe for work. Stephen Kwan's is safe for work. <laughs> He's got uh, <laughs> three percentile rank on average exit velocity, a one percentile rank on barrel percentage. So you're basically getting batting average and runs. And he's not a burner. His sprint speed is 78 percentile. So he's probably not going to go more than 
you know, 20, 25, which is good, but I like, you know, a little bit more balanced players than two category, three category players. So three category players are 60% of where you could get for outfielder 27. And you don't like that. I just think he's a better real life player than fantasy. Kyle, your twins bias is showing the fact that you like <laughs> Buxton, but not Stephen Kwan. You'd I, rather Buxton's have not my list. You'd rather, right. have a, you'd rather have a three tool or a three out of five category guy that plays one month per season than a guy that's durable and will give you three Doc, out of five. When did I say I want Buxton? It's right. I'm just, I'm never just, said that. I, this is I just like Buxton <laughs> as, a, as a player. To you know, be honest, I, mean, I didn't as a, know. As a Minnesota sports fan, we don't have a lot to hang our hats on, okay? We haven't had championships <laughs> since 91 in any major sport. You know, we don't twins have a lot twins. going on here, so. Those you know, twins commercials you can hang your head on. Steve, <laughs> yeah, Stephen Kwan's not a power hitter. You're not drafting him for power. But to be honest with you guys, I didn't even know you could get a one on the percentile rankings. I thought it was a myth. The fact that he's a one in one hit percentage and one I, I was like, it's it, – Stands out to you, you just like holy crap, it actually exists. I don't, I think, like I said, I think he's a, a good baseball player. I just don't want him on my fantasy team. I mean, he's not gonna hit your home runs, it's fine. So, you wait, know. so Doc, you would rather draft Stephen Kwan, Kyle? Would you rather draft Buxton or Kwan if, if you had to pick one at the same ADP? I mean, they're going close ish. Uh, Buxton goes. One, two, three, four. He's the he's five outfielders after Buxton. It's about uh, twenty six spots of ADP. I think I'd rather pick Buxton. I mean, if he what? Does, if he does ever stay healthy, what? and it's not like his, you know, he doesn't have like he's got weird injuries. Like he runs into the wall and gets hit on the wrist with a pitch or Buxton something. Buxton at one hundred three over Stephen Kwan what? at one nineteen. That's crazy. I know you're our guest and we're supposed to be nice. <laughs> I have to be honest. I just not. I'm running the with upside Kyle. with Buxton is so much higher than Stephen Kwan could ever. Can I just talk about Buxton now because he's. I'm riding with Kyle. We're, we've been on the same page all night. Buxton yeah. is the guy. Can I just give Buzz because Buxton was my fade here? Yeah, I mean, go ahead. You kind of go back and forth with each other, I guess. Okay, he's played a hundred plus games once in his career. Once. So you're getting lucky if he plays about. 60% of his games. He's a career 244 hitter who struck out 34.4 of his at bats last season. His steals are going down. If you could draft Byron Buxton only for the month of April, yes, he's valued at his ADP. And he just had knee surgery in September. So who knows how active he's going to be? Oh, my. And Vinny, my guy, you don't need Buxton hogging an IL spot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> True. I, I want to address Ray real quick. He says, among the Japanese guys in my le- uh, in the league, which one do you think will have the biggest impact? You've got uh, Masataka Yoshida and yeah. Kode Senga. I think Kode Senga will have the bigger one this year. Yeah, I was, to, uh, I was listening to um, Michael the Simeone. The Triple Play Fantasy Baseball Podcast. That's where you only need to listen to, right? <laughs> Simeone kind of kind of convinced me that Senga was worth the draft pick. Uh, I, I I think he might be he might be pretty good this year. Uh, Vinny says Yoshida. Kyle, do you have a pick? Yes, I think it's hard to compare him. One's an outfielder, okay. one's a pitcher. But um, Kyle's a smart one here. <laughs> I'd probably lean Senga. I don't like that Red Sox 
lineup. Agreed. Marty? I go Yoshida. I mean, he's projected for an over 300 hitter with 18 home runs. I I would like to see that. And Doc? Yoshida, I think, provides better value, but I think Sanga's more fun to watch. Well, that doesn't fun, help us fun, for fantasy. Fun factor. It doesn't yeah, help no, us for I, I mean, from, a, from a, the fantasy, like I said, I think it's Yoshida. He's, I think he's, we're split down the middle. I don't think that helps out Ray very off. much. He's getting every day at bats. Ray, I would just say... Um, Wherever you are in the draft, if you need a pitcher, you go get Sega. If you need a hitter, you get just because we're split. <laughs> or if you have a favorite one of us that you want to listen to, and then if you get it right, you can thank us, or you get it wrong, and you can fade that person forever. I think uh, there's been a higher number of hitters that have come over from Japan, too, that have flamed out than um, pitchers. I know, again, being a Twins fan, Shioshi <laughs> Nishioka and oh my god, Bungho Park were both oh dude, highly touted coming over memories. here, and they just they flamed out. I mean, obviously you have your Ichiro and Otani, but I think pitchers might translate a little bit better to the MLB than hitters do. But why did you have to give me nightmares and bring them up again? <laughs> god, that, those were horrible. horrible they were days. not good signings. Um. My favorite after or in this range is Taylor Ward. I put out a tweet about him the other day. And if you are in the fantasy baseball space, every single person likes Taylor Ward. So I'm not unique by any means in saying that. Except I like that him. one guy. Which guy? Uh, I, f- I forget his name. He was arguing with somebody the other day about how they were, everybody's uh, plagiarizing the taylor ward sleeper projections <laughs> was that zach uh waxman yeah oh yeah that's that's funny i love zach uh, yeah everybody loves taylor ward just for those that might not familiar he was hitting 392 500 784 was his triple slash five home runs and 13 rbis in april 11 walks and 12 strikeouts over that time a 1284 ops he also won player of the month then going into may he was hitting 314, 429, 614, five home runs, 13 RBIs. Then on May 20th, he goes and he, sl- he hits the wall and he misses six games. After May 20th, he went on to finish the season 219, 293, 338 with just eight home runs and 24 RBIs and 311 plate appearances. Even though he was still drawing walks, he could not hit for power to save his life. But he draw, he brought us back in at the end of the season in August and in September, where he hit 345, 397, 575 with six homers and 18 RBIs. And then his final line of 23 homers and 65 RBIs on the season, a 281 batting average. Long story short, all that saying, I do think him hitting the wall impacted his just overall ability to be able to produce power. They were talking about um, someone linked me an article on my tweet. And it was that he lost four miles per hour of bat speed during that time that they tracked. I do think he was suffering from the injuries of shoulder and neck injuries. And that was why he struggled so much in the middle of the season. I think what we saw at the beginning and the end is more what the Taylor war we can expect. And that's why his ADP has been rising as much as it is. And now over the last two weeks, he's going inside the top 30 at pick 117. I believe even just a few months ago, he was closer to the top 200. So He's really rising up there. Taylor Ward is someone that's going to continue to get helium. So if you're drafting earlier, you'll get him at a better price. Um, okay. LC, you also, I didn't realize, dislike Stephen Kwan. 
But I think have we have we touched on all the Stephen Kwan points that you wanted to touch on for Yeah, him? I think we're I think I think we're good on Kwan. I think we Okay, are. so then just tell us tell us your last one then your like, which is going to be Brian Reynolds, uh, old faithful Brian Reynolds. Old faithful Brian Reynolds and I you know, um, kill me for saying this, but I, I I think the Pirates lineup is going to be is going to be a little bit better than than people think. The they've built it in an interesting way. If you look at it, they get they brought in uh, G Man Choi, they brought in McCutcheon, they brought in Carlos Santana. What's all these people have in common? They're all big walk rate guys. It looks like the the Pirates have got a sort of a a strategy of 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 running up pitch counts with these power walk rate guys like Choi and McCutcheon and Santana. Sawinski's the same way. Reynolds, also a good walk rate. Um, uh, his And um, Hayes has a good, uh, at least league average walk rate. They're, they're going to be working counts. I think they're going to be pretty good. Now, Reynolds had a sort of a down season last year, but I project him to have a little bit of a bounce back season that the Pirates – had a you know down season offensively. I think they're going to be a little bit better. I think they're going to have a little bit more frisky um, in their division. Uh, the pitching, I don't have any faith in, but I think the offense is going to be a little bit better with uh, with Cruz and Reynolds, and I think Hayes is going to be a little bit you know have have a little bit more output than last season. So I have a lot of faith in him. And if you look at what he did uh, in 2021, he had 300 average, 24 home runs. And over 90 runs and over 90 RBIs. Now, the runs and RBIs dropped down last season, but the power went up and the average stayed, it, it dropped, but it stayed pretty good at 260. So I think there's a really good floor with Reynolds, as well as, you know, um, the potential for, uh, for a really strong, solid four categories uh, um, season. And he could get traded too and group those counting stats and yeah. uh, another lineup too. So there's a lot of potential there. Marty, your name is somebody that's going to give people nightmares because he's been killing us the last couple of years. You are back in on Christian Yelich going as the 30th outfielder at pick 119. That I am. That I am. And I think you are in that boat where you think Christian Yelich hurt you a lot more than he probably did. Now, he's not the MVP Christian Yelich, and he never will be again. So let's just all... Be okay with that. You know, come mm-hmm. to peace with it. Think about it and just rest on it. And the next day you'll feel better. ADP 125, 29th outfielder off the board. He's going in the eighth round. So you're looking at his ATC projections. 249 with 17 home runs, 15 stolen bases, 87 runs, and 60 RBI. He's leading off for the Brew Crew. He still uh, he demolishes the ball still. Max, uh, max exit velocity was in the 98th percentile. He's walking 13.1% of the time. You know, like I said, he's already hitting the top of that Brewers lineup. And for where he's going, if he can get you, you know, close to a 2020 guy with a decent average, you know, I, I think that's really solid. And last year he played in 154 games. So I know mm-hmm. we're always worried about his back. It's something that's been reoccurring for him over the year. But even with missing some games last year, we're still able to hit you that 17 home runs, 17 stolen bases. So where he's going, I finally feel comfortable with investing back in Yelich, even though I've ignored him for the last few years. You're getting him at definitely a, a pretty good price, but you could say the same for Starling Marte, who is your fade here as the 21st outfielder. Uh, just you think stolen bases won't be there, and why? That's why he's not going to be worth the cost at this point. Well, Starling Marte is a fi- 50 picks higher up, so I mean you're you're investing into what we think Marte's ceiling is at this point. 
Um, his ATC projections has him for um, two uh, batting 273, 14 home runs, and 25 stolen bases. Marte is 34 years old, and there's been tons of studies done that each year you progress into your 30s, and Doc knows this. He lets anyone know who's over 30 how old they are. Anytime you party. I'm we're both 34 years old and I'm not as damn fast as I used to be. I can promise you that. <laughs> but um <laughs> yeah, so he's he's 34 years old. I think some of us still think of him as being a top-tier stolen base guy like he was in 2021, but I mean that year was his contract year. He was playing for two awful teams that just let him run amok. Um for the Mets, they have a very specific offense. You know, he he's going to need he's going to need to be their leadoff hitter. He's going to be more of a table setter. Than he is, and they can't have him, you know, getting injured. They can't have him running into extra outs. The average is still there. I think he's still going to bat around 270, 280, which is going to make him even more important to have to stay in that lineup since he doesn't um, he doesn't walk at a great clip. So at the end of the day, I think you're going to get about 15 stolen bases and about 12 home runs, batting around 270. If I can wait on that and get Christian Yelich 50 picks later, I think other than a little bit of dip in average, you're going to make up for that in the home runs and the stolen bases. All right, I love it. Well, fellas, we I was covered. Say, Starling Marte, they said, might not even be ready for opening day. Uh, another case, That's another the on the street. thing against he, he them. He underwent surgery to repair a core muscle in the offseason. Those are those are finicky, man, especially if you're if you're playing as hard as he does. He, he tweaks something. He's out for two, three weeks, maybe longer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good points there. All right, fellas, we covered a lot of players tonight, but I want to make sure Kyle leaves with a good impression of us, and he's not. These boys kept me forever. I will never, ever want to see these guys again. Uh, Kyle, thanks so much for joining the show, man. Late, I know. Man. <laughs> I know you. Uh, you won the contest with with uh, the PitchCon event, but it was definitely a pleasure to get to have you on the show. I'm really happy that it brought us to to have you on here. For those that you know, whether it's uh, social medias or anything that you're doing outside of here, if you want people to check out, plug any work or anything that you would like our audience to know about. I don't really got anything, to be honest with you. you know, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just here for the fun. What about any social media, like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram? I have Twitter. I haven't used Facebook in like 10 years, probably. <laughs> Kyle is uh, awesome. My, <laughs> I would have tagged you in the the when we were going live with the Twitter thing. I didn't know you had a Twitter. I should have asked you that. What is the Twitter so the people can follow you? It's uh, at philoslothic. Might have to spell that out for the for us here. P H I L zero S L O T H I C. They're both zeros, not O's. Here we go. I see it. And you got yeah, Randy I'm 37 Moss. and I'm still as fast as I was at 15, <laughs> but that's because I was never fast. That's why. That's right. My friends call me the sloth. That's right. Kyle, oh, I want to ask you, how many, uh, <laughs> how many teams is your home league that you play in? 12. Damn it. Ah, there we Damn. go. Yeah, it's a 12 team, uh, it's a- six by six categories league. 12. OBP in there? Would you, yes. uh, would you, OPS. Okay. Would you rather draft at the front or back or middle of a draft? Uh, this year probably the, this year. Yeah. The back end. I think you can get a lot of value at the the turn. Um, but then you're also missing out on the, you know, the five six super studs. So. Yeah. So. A coin flip, but 
I'll be picking 12th in, in my league since I won last year. So, but I got, uh, nice. Acuna, Tatis, and Witt are my keepers. So, well, uh, no wonder you won. Yeah. <laughs> well, I played a whole year without uh, Tatis. So, oh, that's true. That's true. Uh, Ray, right before we get out of here, Ray asks Nola, Cronenworth, Kim, Machado, Bogart, Soto, Grisham, Tatis Jr., uh, all these, all the basically the, the Padres. Uh, will it be enough to punish the Dodgers? Even without it last year, they still beat them in the playoffs. So it's possible. But I'm still going Dodgers. I'll go Padres. I'd pick the Padres. Elsie. In the division, I, I'm not I'm not the Dodgers. Yes. All right. Two Dodgers and four Padres. At least we were a little more convinced on that one. How many one. people do you think are here? That's six people. <laughs> that, that's majority. I mean, there's just that's a lot of people. Um, all right. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure you guys are following the show. On Twitter at Trip Play Fantasy. We are live here every single Wednesday evening starting around 9:15 p.m. Eastern time. So if you guys are enjoying the shows, you guys can subscribe to the YouTube channel. We are closing in on three south three thousand subs on YouTube. We would love to hit that Ooh. mark before March. So if you guys are enjoying the content, please make sure you guys are subscribed and like the video to help get us seen by more people there. Uh, and we will be back next week doing our outfield part two. We'll be having Paul Sporer on, a good friend of the show, Paul Sporer, to talk about the second tier of outfield here. So for Kyle, for Elsie, for Doc, for Marty Party, I'm D-Mendy. We're going to make like a bread truck, and we're going to haul these buns. Catch you guys next week.